makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart. It's good for all of us to be here. And now, in addition to relativity, this is First Forces Radio, and I send you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus, where the active breath of the Lenape Nation lives in what is now temporarily called the Catskill Mountains by the settlers Dutch and Americans, regardless, they are the highlands of the Esopus. I'm Teokas and Ghost Horse, and this is an all-native-hosted, all-native-produced First Voices Radio. And Liz Hill is a producer of First Voices Radio. Our studio guide ally is the Malcolm Byrne. You can now hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Buzzsprout, Spotify, as well as First Voices, IndigenousRadio.org for archive, downloading, and listening. And now I'd like to ask you to honor and to welcome Quetzal Tatel. Welcome to First Voices Radio, and it is an honor to say your name, Quetzal Tatel, which means grizzly bear mother. Quetzal Tatel will never give up. She's born in Stolo, Coast Salish, to a lineage of land defenders and water protectors. Quetzal has spent her entire life fighting for indigenous sovereignty and rights. And she is a survivor of residential schools in Canada, which is the boarding schools here within the States, and where she suffered incomprehensible abuse at the hands of the Catholic Church and the Canadian government, and has spent decades in court working tirelessly to hold Canadian or Canada accountable for its genocidal behavior against First Nations in Canada. She's been an outspoken advocate and was exiled from her own community in 2000 after demanding the elected chief and council be transparent and accountable for the money and to the money they received from the Canadian government. She's been homeless and precariously housed ever since. And I'd like to welcome you to First Voices Radio, Quisel Tatel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your opening remarks, uh, and, and uh, to all the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and listening to 
my life story as one person defending the rights and entitlements of all of our people across Turtle Island. I'd like to also extend a thank you to Aaron Hamblin for connecting us on the, your radio station. There's a lot of history, 500 plus years, from when the papal bull in Tequitera and then the Pope's sublimus do came out. We're looking at concepts coming from the pulpit, saying that we're inhuman in the first papal bull of 1541, and then a few short years later, then they came out with sublimus do, saying that we, the indigenous peoples, of the world and people of color are human. And I want to just reflect on that for a minute and then how the orchestrated efforts of the British monarchy working in synchronicity with each other's and their police all these decades and uh, hundreds of years. I'm looking to bring us forward from those early days to the 2020s, 2022, and now we're meeting and butting heads with corporations and the original peoples, people of color of the world, rather than marrying up with the Pope and the Vatican and the monarchy. It's the monarchy and corporations in the present time. So we're dealing with some deep chicanery as of this last year, where the Minister of Justice in USA gave a permit to Chevron, a corporation, to handle Stephen Donziger, a person who had won a case at the international court level, $50 million against the perpetrators, Chevron, for ruining waterways and sacred lands and families connected to those sacred waters and lands. I managed to watch through somebody's social media an interview of Stephen Donziger requesting for prayers of our original people to help him be free because he's on house arrest. I reflect on Stephen Donziger and send prayers for his work to defend, protect and actively seek equity uh, back for the unjust enrichments of Chevron and the dirty deeds that are ongoing. And so having said that, that's a recent work that I too have been connected to by way of defending at the gates of hell uh, against then Kinder Morgan, Trans Mountain Pipeline, Turn Trudeau Pipeline, which is now dead, the government announced that they will no longer fund it, leaving questions for the public. What's going to happen with the existing and the partially built pipeline? They say they're not building the infrastructure, but I haven't been out on the ground since the announcement. I believe it was in the last 10 days or so that Canada would not be continuing on with the Trans Mountain Pipeline, affecting, I believe, world trade during a war between and among people in what used to be the USSR and the internal bickering going on there, 
Last week, a thousand people were bombed and killed. And how many weeks have we been bombing and killing people in the name of democracy? The oppressed people of the world do not need new laws or new language or new rules or regulations. It would be so wonderful to be recognized and affirmed in a good way, positive. And the case that Stephen Donziger won for all Indigenous peoples affected by Chevron, that they may receive their equity and entitlements for the damages, for irreparable harms. Money won't erase the problems, but it certainly will help the people recover to some degree. You can't pay for a beautiful territory such as Ecuador or anywhere Chevron has planted themselves, and then they've ruined it. Oil, gas, bitumen, all of it is so destructive. And my life's work in this last 10 years has been to defend water and to educate myself about water and to appreciate water and to love water and to be seen defending it from further atrocities of a line called bitumen, Trans Mountain Pipeline. In 2013, sometime in June, I believe it was, I was in the courts, in the galley, and I was watching 10 lawyers representing then Kinder Morgan, and then there were two lawyers representing the people, the grassroots, the public, and I could see that the two lawyers were losing and that Kinder Morgan might win, and I did not want that. And so I ran to the sheriff at the speed of lightning and said to the first sheriff, I would like to speak with my lawyer. Neither of them were my lawyers. But the first guy said, with a hand, that's not my client. And then the second one is Francis Mahon, who since has become recognized as apparently the top 25 lawyers in so-called Canada. Her and I met because I didn't give her a chance to say no. I just put my finger up and I summoned her towards me. And I grabbed her hand and I started running out of that courtroom into the library once we got 10 minutes downtime and ran back inside of the 10 minutes. I call it the eight-minute affidavit that defeated Kinder Morgan because I demanded of an occupying court that they lack jurisdiction to be even sitting here ruling on a national project and that there's no treaty over top of the lands. And even though there are treaties, there's no permission by many of our hereditary and matriarchal peoples. And so I demand justifications in the language of the court. I look to what's going on now. I've been pretty busy dealing with personal life losses due to numerous reasons, including COVID-19 and drug addiction, which I call colonialism and excessive force of imperialism. People have been dying of effects of imperialism and leading to genocide on a case-by-case basis rather than taking out a, what they used to do when they first got here, 
taking out a cannon and shooting a cannonball into our homes, ruining them, and then coming in and saying, hey, how's it going? You know, who's the savage here? Who who are the real savages in so-called North America and even the world? There's a term that came up just now for me in relation to how the British force their rule. As long as the sun shines, the grass grows, and the rivers flow, the sun never sets on Britain. And as a child growing up, I used to like the sound of that, but then I learned to comprehend what it means. That force of democracy, speak our language, do our laws, act like us, dress like us, forget who you are, you're tied to Mother Earth, and the relationship of your blood lineage. These are acts of genocide that have happened since contact. I've listened to a program that you had done, I forget the name of the gentleman that you were interviewing, but I really appreciated hearing a like-minded person who understands the relationship between our human selves and all the elements. But in, in the world, at the United Nations level, we're dealing with each leader of each country going along with the chicanery of robbing, raping, pillaging, clearing, taking, all of these horrible things that they, you know, these people on the face of it are benevolent. We're benevolent leaders and we want to look after our people. But meanwhile, somebody's giving somebody a permit to rape and pillage. And that system of governance must be changed. There must be some clarity between the elected and those that are apparently serving the public and not doing backroom deals that oppress, repress, depress, imperialize, genocide peoples. It's all peoples now, not just indigenous peoples. And I say to your listeners that once people on planet Earth begin following we, the original peoples, and our philosophy in our way of life, then the planet will become a better place. And what a struggle it is. But we need everybody to come on board and change this way of life that has caused irreparable harms and atrocities and ongoing assaults by people giving permits to people to create stockpiles, to demand better of those that we put in office, that we can become the scribes and the writers of these new legislations that drive the police to do what they do, killing our people. This last week, as an example, Laura Holland, the mother of Jared Lowndes, put on a five-day art exhibit, so-called Vancouver, B.C., Canada. What Laura did is she took canvases and wrapped the names and the dates, the death dates. I think what we need to add to the exhibit is the names of the police officers and the ministers of justice who unleashed their guns and ammunitions and killing our brothers and sisters. We must demand better of those serving so-called Her Majesty the Queen in so-called Canada and USA and around the world. 
We must demand better. We can do better. We are of operating brains as people because I've learned from an ex-RCMP officer. His training said to him, when you pull over an Indian, the first thing you put on the piece of paper is N-O-B at the top of the ticket. And that means non-operating brain. That kind of training needs to be updated and outcast. In relation to policies, kill an Indian. Duncan Campbell Scott was wrong, and he's a terrible when he was alive for writing that policy. That policy must be rewritten to say, protect an Indian. And right away, I've looked to each of the constitutions in so-called North America. The constitutions must be updated to protect an Indian and not to kill the merciless, savage Indians whose known warfare age sex. You know, this, the last line of the USA Constitution must be changed. It must be rubbed out. The so-called Constitution Act of 1982 in Canada must be rewritten. The existing Aboriginal and treaty rights of the Aboriginal peoples of Canada are hereby recognized and affirmed. By who? The neighbor down the street? Sheriff's department? Who is doing the recognizing and affirming of our peoples? We have Mary Simon as the first Inuit Governor General of Canada. We must look to Mary Simon to give force and effect to the cases that our people have won, especially the Calder case, Guerin, Sparrow, Delgamuch. The list goes on. And so that is, you know, looking at a historical present view of work and practice that I've been spending time in the courts defending water and fish. And prior to 20, well, on May 9th, 2013, this is really, really awesome that you are mentioning all these names and the overall framework that you're mentioning is really something awesome because you're using both the Constitution and the outdated paperwork, the paper bulls. And the whole idea of the treaties based on that paper bull, the whole treaties based on the Constitution in Canada and, and the United States that tie you're talking about, there's no borders, really. The names will change all the time, but the policies, in effect, the uh, the way people are viewing not uh, just a law enforcement policy that you said that they have the uh, non-operating brain, and as, as we know, that is, we know that's not true by saying, well, it's not that we don't have non-operating hearts, because our hearts are, are definitely in place with the land, protecting the waterways, how to kill a pipeline, uh, which you have been active in, and uh, to comprehend what it means to be colonized. As you said early in your life, you admired the, the sayings and the terminology of the colonists. So now what has changed in your life that young people will be listening to this and wondering, well, I feel that, but I don't know how to change that. What do we need to do? What do we need to do, Quetzal, to, to change that in ourselves as Native people and other, other people who aren't Native because they know that they have to change 
or else the, the earth is not going to support life as we know it? Good questions. I, I can say I only know so much, but what I would tell young people today is to learn your own language and spend quality time spending the capitalist dollar on learning your own respective territorial language. Even if you're the last one to learn it, we are not an extinct people. We are well, we are getting better, and we are alive. Be seen and be heard, singing and dancing and as much as you can, storytelling. Create a media where you have a voice that can affect somebody's life in a good way. Because what has gone on and transpires through war and through germ warfare, our planet Earth and the people of Mother Earth are suffering and we are, we've taken a toll. It is not the first time, of course, that we've suffered from smallpox, etc., to every single disease that the white man could think up to bring to us. And so I'm saying to people, get to know your family and your family history. Become part of the earth by even walking, observing, feeling what it feels to know a four-legged or the finned or the winged or the hooved, that these sacred animals and plants we have an interconnected relationship with. It's not just the forest is out there and we're in these inner cities or on these reserves. I believe what we also have to do is divide and live in two worlds under the Indian Act regime and under the treaty or no treaty systems, the policies flow to a perimeter that highlights the chief and council and the people on their list, on the reserve. And preserve it for Indians, not just, you know, that, but the matriarchal and hereditary must be recognized even though they might live on the reserve or off reserve. And that each of our respective territories are ours, whether there's treaty or no treaty. And that we demand equity in each of those budgets to reflect the people's lands and waters that have been raped and pillaged. No, it's not for sale, but we are so occupied by governments and their permit offices that we need to come up with new solutions to be seen, to be heard. I say that we need a Royal Proclamation of 1763 office. I say we need a United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People office and that we can work with the international jurisdiction appropriately as indigenous matriarchs and hereditary peoples alongside of the elected. And that the elected have to turn to the matriarchal and the hereditary people and say, hey, the government wants to give this permit out. And then the Indian Act chiefs and councils have to say to Canada on an equal and level playing field what the hereditary and matriarchal families want. They don't have the authority to be cutting deals, taking money over a pipeline, as an example, or the twinning of a power line, or the damming of another valley, 
So there are a lot of activities from 1 to 10. The planet Earth has seen flooding, fires, disasters in a deep and scary way. Our bees, we've lost at least 150 families who were controlling bees as a way of life. And during last year's flood in the so-called Fraser Valley of Canada's western side, the flooding was serious. A lot of life was lost, but it wasn't reported. And then combined with COVID-19, flooding, then fires, back and forth over these last few years, we got to do something. We can't just sit around and allow the permit holders in a bureaucracy control us. They'll they say, oh, we're doing it in the public interest, in the public safety. I call BS and I say it vehemently. I lift my own energy up and send it out to all the young people in the world, wherever you are, protect air and water and become inventors for new energy that can sustain us. I know apparently Elon Musk will be in so-called Vancouver, BC, Canada on April 30th. And I'd like to oppose him. I think people should be opposing his plan to colonize and imperialize any further. And that we must look internally, introspectively, every time we spend a money on that person's goods. Because it doesn't matter where we are and what we're driving, whether it be oil and gas or electric. Somewhere in the world and on planet Mother Earth, our indigenous people are suffering for first world wants. We must really take a look at some of the royal proclamation of 1763 and pull that out and start dissecting it and looking at it with fresh eyes in 2022. That's one way. Learn how to speak our language is primary, but looking at these legislations and proclamations, rules, regulations that flow to us in such a negative way. Say, for example, during Stephen Harper's era as the Prime Minister of Canada, sometime in 2007 to the end of his reign, forget which year that was, but he had invented a relationship with China, China didn't want to be investing in so-called Canada unless they had some protections. So, hence, the Foreign Investment Protection Agreement was created and then signed. And when the current Prime Minister came into office, the late Pierre Elliott Trudeau's son, Justin, he traveled to China in 2020. Kindly, China opened their door for him asked him what he wanted, and he said he wanted an update on the Foreign Investment Protection Agreement. And China's leaders just opened the door and kicked his butt right back into so-called Canada. And so what is the Foreign Protection Agreement? It means that foreigners, corporates, get protection. And if Native Indians or original peoples stand up and oppose, for example, the Kinder Morgan turn Trudeau Trans Mountain Pipeline, then that foreigner is protected. It kicked in sometime in June 2018 when Kinder left the table and left Morgan, and then Canada paid Morgan $5.4 billion. And from 2018 to 2022, somehow the Trans Mountain Pipeline has become 
worth 21 or 22 billion? You know, and I'm calling out inflation. Our sacred, meaning our Mother Earth, needs protection now. She doesn't need more gutting and digging and pollution. That's what I would say to the young people is being seen and being heard, organizing in your kitchens and extending that organization to your neighbors and talk about water, talk about the disasters coming at us furiously. We think that we're isolated from disaster. No, we're not. We're on the fault line. And so we have to be very careful sandwiching ourselves in so-called Vancouver, B.C., Canada, between a bitumen pipeline and a liquid natural gas pipeline. And the liquid natural gas pipeline travels over Chief Billy of the Squamish Indian Band's lands and territories off-reserve. And he's told the government, your LNG pipeline cannot escape going over an active volcano. It's a small one, but it is active. And so it's not if, it's a when. And in terms of doing the frontline work to oppose this remodeling of Canada's economic recovery plan, genociding all of our hereditary and matriarchal and Indian Act peoples, how much more do we have to suffer before our solutions and inventions emerge? And this is First Voices Radio. My name is Teokasing Ghost Horse. That was and is and will be the second half hour from the Salish people of the great northwest of this continent called Turtle Island. And welcome back to First Voices Radio. Quitzel Tatel will never give up. As I introduced her this way, she was born Stolo. Coast Salish to a lineage of land defenders, resistors, and resilience, and water protectors. Quetzal has spent her entire life fighting for indigenous sovereignty and rights, and she's a survivor of residential schools where she suffered incomprehensible abuse at the hands of the Catholic Church and the Canadian government, and has spent decades in a court working tirelessly to hold Canada accountable for its genocidal behavior against First Nations. I'd like to Thank you for listening to this interview with Quetzal Tatel, and we're just going to finish it out right now. He's five foot two, and he's six feet four. He fights with missiles and with spears. He's all of thirty-one. He's only 17 He's been a soldier for a thousand years He's a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain A Buddhist and a Baptist and a Jew And he knows he shouldn't kill And he knows he always will kill you For me, my friend, and me for you And he's fighting for He's fighting for France He's fighting for the USA And he's fighting for the Russians And he's fighting for Japan And he thinks we'll put an end to war this way And he's fighting for democracy 
say he's fighting for the Reds. He says it's for the peace of all. He's the one who must decide who's to live and who's to die. And he never sees the writing on the wall. But without him, how would Hitler have condemned him at Dachau? Without him, Caesar would have stood alone. He's the one who gives his body as a weapon of the war. And without him, all this killing can't go on. He's the universal soldier, and he really is to blame. His is not the way we put an end to war. This is, this is beautiful, Griselle. I know we've kind of went around the globe in North America, down to South America, and how we're affected as indigenous peoples. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's very involved. But the thing that we didn't do, I know this is your involvement, and it is about all of us in relationship but I want to talk about you individually now since but you're involved in, as you said, with this 171 million against the Queen of England. And, and now what has brought you to be living vicariously, precariously in the situation that you are as you defend fishing rights and water rights, and land rights and human being rights, indigenous rights, natural rights especially. And you've been doing this for such a long time, 22 years, I think, that your name is fitting, Quetzal Tatel, which is uh, Grizzly Bear Mother. And mm -hmm. I don't want to take t the attention away from what you're doing because you have to be who you are. And I know that you have your daughter involved with the missing and murdered indigenous women. Could you talk about your involvement and, and what led you to your being in your living situation? In the short of it, my grandmother, my mother, myself, in my memory, we've all served in the courts and for jail time and the over-enforcement because of either singing and dancing or fishing. And in my mother's and my case, it's over fishing. My mother, I believe it was uh, the Wild Wild West. In her time, she had a 22 and a 12 gauge. And whatever she had ammunition for, she would shoot at DFO, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, to protect our fishing location and property from DFO taking our source and ability to look after ourselves. And so it runs in my blood and my family by teachings, by attending to our smokehouse gatherings and ensuring that we have all play our role that we must and can to preserve it. Where the Coast Salish are 54 tribes strong. I don't even know how many thousands of people we have. I know I am Stalo and we have more than probably 15,000 people just in our little territory. On reserve, that is, and off reserve. Um, so the my parents, we all came through the genocidal policies and rules and regulations opposing 
Europe's own legislation against genocide, the 1948 crimes against genocide are still being acted out and there are no watchmen. So my family, uh, we read, we write, we meet and we talk, like I was saying, in a decolonizing way. I gave my children tribal names rather than English names, using the alphabet, of course, using the system to the best of our ability, surviving it. My children, all of them, preserve our singing and dancing, drumming, harvesting food to the best of their ability on the cycle of winter, spring, summer, and fall. We're recapitulating what our great-great-grandparents might have done by being seen and being heard of what we can show of our sacred drumming and singing. We do not come out with our paint and those sacred songs or other practices, I believe due to prohibition in so-called Canada from 1927 to 1951, those impacts still, still continue today. The ongoing assaults of the missing and murdered in correlation to every major project, economic planning of the Trudeau family and government. We're a small capacity, but we can make impact wherever we go, whatever we do in this world. My son is uh, creative in doing glasswork and carving jewelry My by through his work. He's able to help support myself and his sister off in the distance any way he can and vice versa for both of them because Canada and its oppression and repression and genocidal tactics removed us from the capitalist regime, forced us into a discredit situation where no one trusted us to get work. Oh, you have to live up to giving us a letter of support, prove that you're not a criminal and get lateral support from other people to prove that you can do a good job. So we're suffering all the way from my children's baby years to the present, precariously housed due to the ongoing work that it takes to defend what simple rights entitled on one shoulder by government measures and then on the other shoulder our matriarchal and our hereditary rights in according to the wampum belt. These impacts macroly affect us microly and so myself I could have informed the government and paid them a bill or something like that and gotten rid of Oh, the police chasing me around by just paying a bill. But it's my fish, and I, my mother taught me it was mine. And I have taught my children that if it has to be anybody's water, it's their water until 
even if we do have a treaty. You know, the concepts that I've raised here today are, are deep. It's lifelong work. I am the applicant in file, a federal file T80921. I'm working without resources all along. We're struggling therefore to get each application or affidavit or another letter into the courts. And so I need help. I need, I need people to understand that if we, the original peoples, win, everybody wins. And so we must take the lead and our place on planet Earth and demand for the leadership. Follow us now. We've been following the government to our demise, and we must open our eyes and wake up. Yeah, I, I really believe that our children are waking up around the world, not just mine. The struggle no, it, is real. It is. It is a compilation that you have of the events of your life and the children's life and even reaching out globally. Um, I was thinking that how much that statement that we as Indigenous peoples must speak up now, because we're not just speaking for other humans, but we are speaking for the earth, how much and how that could be effective and impactful if other Indigenous peoples and all the other nations start saying the same thing. That would be threat to the present economy, um, the present ongoing authoritative domination, you know, that many relational languages do not have and don't need because that gets away from being involved with the earth and relationship with the earth. And, and I think that's what I'm getting through all this advocacy that even you're doing and, and continue to do. So I would ask people to go to this fundraiser ongoing, um, gofundme.com would be, would be, um, yes, get Quitzel housing for the winter, basically looking for housing for the winter, which is still going. Spring comes later in, in Canada. I know mm -hmm. that. Just one short word from you itself. What we need to do is, is look to our own communities, but also look to on a national scale, international scale, the people who have been doing this for so long, 22 years is a long, that's two decades. People can't yeah. fathom that. Um, so I think that's part of what I wanted to bring you on for because you're looking for more voice for the earth because the message is much bigger than you are. It certainly is, and we're all in this together. We need to wake up, open our eyes, and protect water wherever you are. Looks like this. Put your clothes on, have your coffee, head out that door and look for a stream, and then tell the government that you know that stream is in good shape and you want it to stay in good shape, just for the record, and start creating letters, and actionable letters that can create this solution-oriented way forward. I wish I could, you know, say a whole bunch more. I want to thank you, everyone who would have listened. I hope and pray that everyone comes through this COVID-19 and Omicron business of the governments and the pharmacies, the pharmaceuticals, and that the war in Russia and Ukraine 
can come to an end and peacefully sooner than later, that we must demand better of each of our governments to stop creating stockpiles and look to uh, protecting planet Earth, look to Elon Musk for not creating another spaceship, but to put his money into getting water for our original people all around the world. That would be even better. Thank you. It's an honor to have you on the air here on First Voices Radio. And I'm just to add this, I know that you've been, this past year, with Sal, that you've been living in a camper van, but you since had to move and, and moving into a small car, but living around Vancouver area, which is, you know, urban. And that homeless person or that hitchhiker, or that native people trying to make it home, where in where I'm coming from in in the Dakotas is that they're banning us from hotels and restaurants. And we can't say it's all the people, but it's some of the people. Right. And I know that's what we're looking at is is that why are we banned from our own land? Why are we um we can't sometimes we can only occupy, we can't own the land and the property. And it's very topsy turvy, but I feel as you do, things have changed and it will change if we turn towards the earth and our voices as indigenous peoples. And I'm not saying that to be selective and, and that we are the saviors, but there is another way to live with the earth. And I think that you're, uh, you're being an example to that. And I like to thank you for being here, Quetzal, for, thank for sharing your heart with us. So thanks again. I would really ask that, uh, not only contact my daughter, Siam Hamilton, and Lorelai Williams, her cousin, but on a very high level, Stephen Donziger. I mentioned his name at the beginning because I feel it's critical that the government of USA, for a first time, gave a piece of paper, a corporation, the powers to have its own prosecutor. That's wrong. We cannot allow that to stick. We must get behind a person who's defended the original peoples and our lands from around the world, from the oil and gas disasters left of us. And Stephen Donziger deserves our prayers and our support. A call to your Minister of Justice office and your House representatives to demand of the Minister of Justice to pull that permit back, that we won't stand for a permit being given to a corporation, and that a corporation can prosecute Stephen Donziger for defending the original peoples of planet Earth in yeah, a $50 million suit. Stephen Donziger is a, an American attorney who is in jail now in Canada, I think it is, right? I think it's in USA. Yes, in USA. Okay, we'll find out more about that. And thank you, Quetzal, for being here. Quetzal. Okay, so for more information for the past year, Quetzal has been living in a camper van. But since it broke down in late summer last year, she's moved into a small car and currently lives in this car around so-called Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's on the west coast of Turtle Island. For more information about Quitzel, including how to support her, you can Google K W I T 
K-W-I-T-S-E-L-T-A-T-E-L. That's K-W-I-T-S-E-L-T-A-T-E-L. To find out more about how you can support how she's been resisting destruction of the earth for so long. What we're going to listen to now, this is, an, this is the uniquely Armenian duduk wind instrument, and the song is an Armenian song, Saranin Hovin Mernam, which means, quote, I die for the winds of the mountains, meaning I love the winds of the mountain. And the winds and the mountains refer to the great Armenian Mount Ararat and Masis. The word Armenian and Ararat emanate from the root Ar, meaning the sun, respectfully meaning the people of the sun and the fertility of the sun. The Armenians studied and followed the sun and the stars in the sky. And this is a sacred Armenian cosmological song and melody.
You know, in a world of dogmatic goddesses and gods contrived by lost humans looking for peace because they wanted to be better than Earth and superior to life forms they cannot understand, and this exogenous Western society is simply not conducive to living with Earth. It will find no peace with Earth because it cannot possess Earth. Let go of your domination, your illusional ownership, your disillusioned authority of religions, science, and governments, all militarily ruled, all enforced. And know there are still human beings in peace with Earth. like to thank you for listening to First Voices Radio, the indigenous program on this station, and many other stations around the world. We bring the voice of the earth and the human beings that are left to speak with the earth, to speak for the earth. And without indigenous peoples, it would be lonely. It would be a lonely place. The core of who you and where you came from would be even more distant. So again, you heard the story of Quetzal Tatel, an indigenous person, giving it all up for Mother Earth. And my name is Teoksen Ghostors, your host here on First Voices Radio. Doksha Ake Wachingtelo.
Mm-hmm.